well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of Kenya's Market Map. Um, as usual, Kenya's Market Map is a weekly podcast that discusses events uh, in the Kenyan financial market in the region that is East Africa, Africa, and any interesting thing that happens globally. Um, as usual, today you're with me, uh, Daniel Kalia. I'm the one driving the conversation today. And to my left, we have your one and only Kigen Kiplimo. It's and been a chilly week here in Nairobi, Kenya. <laughs> Let's do this. Episode 16. Episode 16. Yes. And then to my right, we have Mr. Fanning Abongo. Hey. Yeah, my dad has been like, Connie, you're not proud of having. Yeah, Abongo <laughs> is my son. Yeah. Well, well. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks guys for um listening in um this week has been interesting spotify introduced um the wrapped feature yeah and you've been very encouraged uh, by receiving messages of guys who show kenya's market map as their podcast of choice ranking in their top uh podcasts it's amazing options amazing. yeah so that yeah. gives us very great, encouraging yeah yeah and gives us energy to to keep going and thank you guys for listening yeah. uh if you're a new listener yeah follow us subscribe uh on youtube if you're watching on youtube uh hit the like button comment give your thoughts share uh and subscribe uh guys on spotify follow us uh kenya's market map on yeah on spotify. twitter we had um market map, map underscore ke yes. linkedin kenya's market map mm-hmm. yeah so apple podcast google podcast listen to us like our stuff and share yeah sure. so yeah thanks guys for the support this is the second last recording that we'll have for the year yeah, yeah. before we take a short break and just recharge uh and strategize for the new year new stuff is coming yeah good so, stuff yeah thanks for being with us so yeah, it's been an interesting week. Kigen has mentioned it has been a very chilly week. So <laughs> very quickly, I think we're going to discuss what you, our highlights of the week uh, have been. I'll start with Easter. Uh, cool. Um, so my highlight for this week has been with relation to CBK and the DLAC, Digital Lenders Association of Kenya. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with regards to that, um, the CBK governor that is dr patrick joroge has uh-huh. said that they are not going to they're not even thinking about um setting mobile loan rent uh rates caps. yeah yeah and so what was expected you see you remember the conversation you had no we, not, we didn't have this conversation but in 2019 yeah. uh the cbk was introduced caps to mm-hmm. lending rates by the bank yeah yeah and it was scrapped no it, that happened a bit later it was in 2019 later that later month yeah it was it, it was scrapped, scrapped in yeah. around um, september october but yeah, yeah. it was uh, put up in 2016 yeah mm-hmm. and so yeah 2016 2019 thank yeah. you for that yeah. Uh, yeah so they've said that for the mobile loan um r- eh? lending yeah platforms mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. not going to charge any rates okay yeah and that's to let the market forces play as they will um so people are there, there were talks of the of the regulator um in um, instituting um caps on that platform yeah on that product because of the possibility of um the presence of punitive lending rates and, mm-hmm. and unscrupulous players in that market yeah but they've said the market is self-correcting they'll let it play itself and if, if you look at the curve of you know le- the lending rate for digital lenders yeah. the curve is 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 sort of haywire 
you know, there are guys okay. who are lending at this, then this, then mm-hmm. this, yeah, you know, it's, it's not like the, the banking yeah. sector where, yeah. you know, you can find an easy average of yeah. something around 12 point yeah. something percent. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the digital lenders, you know, almost everyone has has their own. You can't mm. find a, a neighborhood for that. Yeah. But I think this is influenced by the decision that the CBK reversed uh-huh. the one for the banking sector, for yeah. the banks, yeah. the interest cap rate, they removed it. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, for technically them... Technically, it's not the CBK who, re- who reversed it, it was the parliament. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> the government. Yeah. So... <laughs> They are looking at it in the sense that you know why that failed. So why <laughs> if we do that again for this sector, I mean, we'd be repeating what we did there because yeah. you can remember what happened to um, now the private sector and especially MSMEs uh, in terms of getting loans. You know, with with the rate cap. You know, normally uh, before the rate cap was instituted in 2016, uh-huh, uh-huh. banks would lend at even 20%, 18%, mm. 17%. Yeah, yeah. And this was, the that premium that yeah. was charged yeah. was because of the risk factor, mm-hmm. especially yeah. for MSMEs and startups. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when the rate cap was instituted, you find that banks did not want to lend to these people because they were looking at huh, the risk. Yeah, the risk, yeah. the premium, is it worth it? Yeah. And then at the same time, the government started borrowing a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. so they decided to go, yeah. to go to, in, to, to government paper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you compare the banks and the, and the, and the lending, um, digital lending um, platforms though? Because banks are so huge that, the, the, I mean, they drive the economy um, very much mm-hmm. significantly, mm-hmm. more significantly than the digital lenders. Yeah. And so... Even when you look at um what um current, what do you call them, the currency f- currency flows into the market, yeah. um, such things they mm-hmm. come in through the banks mostly, yeah. yeah. And so it even affects the shilling directly. Yeah. Or the, with the digital mm-hmm. lenders, yeah. they only affect the movement of currency within the the supply, the movement of currency and the speed of circulation within the market to Kenya, true. not in and out. Yeah. Um, so uh-huh. I think even the government is more keen on the on the on the banks yeah. than they would be on this um, <laughs> digital lenders because they're smaller. I know the growth potential they have is significant. Yeah, and significant. so once they've gained traction and, and established in the ma- gotten established in the market, yeah. they're going to be very significant. Yeah. Uh, But um, there's no much interest the government should have. <laughs> which is I mean, why it's new they, to the they first should, They should have an interest and um, also looking, you know, they serve, the digital lenders yeah. serve a purpose. They are there because there's a gap. They do. And yeah. when we looked at the credit barometer for Q3 yeah. by DLAC, we saw that one of the top reasons was people needed money to pay for emergencies, you know, yeah, things yeah. that that they did not expect yeah. mm-hmm. that came up. Yeah. So for that purpose, they are filling that gap. But I think for me, one of the biggest differentiators of banks and digital lenders association is particularly when it comes to asset financing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So when in asset financing, for example, if you have a business and you want to expand your distribution, you want to buy a lorry, yeah. you know, you cannot go into a digital lender, you know, on your phone and the like. So that yeah. would require you, you know, um, visit a bank. a bank, have a relationship yeah. with a bank and they yeah. they be able to finance that product for you. Yeah. Once these guys grow, they'll be able to get into even asset finance. Trust me. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think but yeah. I think the growth is there but right now it's just trying to tap the market <laughs> but for me I feel it's a matter of time before banks now actually swoop in and have proper products for this short term lending um are, are they already there they're I, there but they're I not think some been, are there they're there Most but it's not actually. it's not been they're not that aggressive they're not as aggressive because right now still if you're thinking of short term loans of course Fuliza Mm-hmm. Yeah, comes to mind. What are the mm-hmm. biggest products? Mshwari uh, um, is the other one. Yeah. Um, but then the 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 banks, some of them have, mm-hmm. but they've not come in. So Dan, okay, let me ask you this: 
So is it aggressiveness in terms of marketing or because I'm looking at this, I'm I'm trying to understand. Help me here. Is it that Tala, you know, um, or Cash and the likes are more aggressive than how than are more aggressive than the way KCB is with Vuma or mm. more than the way Cop is with their with their with their Cop uh, Cash the the online mm. platform? Yeah. Is that the case? Yes, I think to the outside in terms of general marketing and putting it out there to, uh, to the <laughs> market. Mm-hmm. I think Akina Okash Tala are more aggressive in marketing, but I think for the banks you mentioned KC, yeah, KCB Vuma Cop yeah. uh, Bank um, you know the lion must be mentioned <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i think for them also it's targeted to their customers uh-huh. i feel like if you if you already have an account uh, with cop yeah. because they already know your history and whatnot, yeah. they're able to yeah, provide a short term loan yeah. Yeah. Why, yeah and makes a lot of loop, sense actually why do also feel like it's, i feel like it's a matter of freedom the, the, these guys, these small Okash and and these those other guys, mm-hmm. they're more free as compared to the banks because in as much as there is what we call the 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 the, the, Wh- the what do you mean free? Uh-huh. I'm explaining that. Okay. What do you call the the KCB's Vuma? Vuma uh-huh. Yeah. In as much as it's a digital lending platform, mm-hmm. it's still owned by KCB. Absolutely. And so at the end of the day, KCB has to watch its back with regards to um, ratios they have with the CBK. They have to look at what um, they are listed. Mm-hmm. So they can't afford to play as much with with the, this money they have. So they have to like, even how they price their loans, even how how they um they do the risk assessment, mm-hmm. they're still conservative because at the end of the day, it's the same people who are running these platforms, mm-hmm. people okay. in the banks, mm-hmm. as opposed to these um digital lenders, yeah, the Kawaidas now the Okash guys mm-hmm. who don't have a number of as much regulators looking at them. Looking, they have to watch out for. Who they have to watch out for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so okay. I feel like they don't have to. We are not comparing apples and apples here. Yeah, that's that's why they can even they can even call you one of your contacts exactly and, and tell exactly. them hey, tell this guy to pay up yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I think Dan has mentioned an important point about how for banks that run digital lending, yeah. it's mostly directed to their customers, mm-hmm. and for that it's much easier for them yeah to do an assessment to do an assessment mm-hmm. because you know you have an account with them um probably they they have your bank history, history you know history, okay, they can easy, gauge yeah. mm-hmm. compared to if you're going for example or cash yeah mm-hmm. you know if you're signing up to a cash yeah. they don't know you this is yes. the first time they're meeting yeah, you they totally. tell you to upload your id to mm-hmm. do what mm-hmm. to do what totally. so that's totally. that's a big differentiator yeah, in that yeah. space yeah, and so i think for example if if someone has ncba loop for instance yeah. um the more you transact and use a loop for okay. your day-to-day transactions yeah. mm-hmm. uh there's usually that loan and overdraft yeah. section that you do have uh-huh. you find that your limit for the loan for instance Increases. it varies like if you use it more you find that your, it goes up. The, the loan that you qualify for uh, goes, goes up, up as, uh-huh. as well as uh, the overdraft so i think that's what banks are doing uh-huh, they do have this but it's targeted to their customers and tailored according to your your bank history yeah, and your financial yeah. muscle. That highlight led <laughs> to a whole conversation. <laughs> Interesting stuff. Kigen, yeah. your highlight? Um, so my highlight for this week is to do with Kenya Power and Lightning Company. Uh-huh. So KPLC has... Um, the, the, the L was removed. Sorry? The, it's called Kenya Power Company. Just Kenya. Oh, it was... Re- okay. Yeah, but it's still listed as KPLC. Yeah, oh, okay. so. <laughs> according to the boss. <laughs> so KPLC, the information that has come out this week is that they'll... They want to get into the space of providing internet. They want to be an internet um, service provider. Chokers. Uh, this is what? particularly for the rural area. 
um, yeah. for the rural parts of this country. They want to venture into that space. Currently, if you look at that space, you find that um, Kenya Power has, this is widely known, they have you know one of the greatest infrastructures in mm-hmm. Kenya, you know, with the power lines and the distribution and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we saw with the rural electrification program that, that was funded by the, by the World Bank that, you know, these days you have electricity that has been connected to mm-hmm. even grass-hatched houses, mm-hmm. you know, back yeah. in the rural areas. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel this is important. And just going back to uh, that, that whole space, internet service providers have mm-hmm. been and still are uh, using the fiber optic um, the, for the fiber, fiber optic, mm-hmm. they're using um, sorry, they're using the KPLC's front. infrastructure. Mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. using their lines. Yeah. So you find that Safaricom has leased for twenty years. Uh, we have Jamie Telcom and other players in the mm-hmm. internet service. So they've leased that, but yeah. then this is mostly for the urban areas. Mm-hmm. And so KPLC is saying we're going to the rural areas because of course in the urban areas, you know, these players have already leased and they probably have contracts with them and the likes. And you know, in the urban areas there is in t- mobile internet, you know, there's network and everything, but when you as you go into the the periphery the mm-hmm. the, the rural areas mm-hmm. you find there's no network, you know, yeah. and, and the likes. So providing internet, you know, through fiber optic will be very important at that point. How will they do it? Mm-hmm. Dear I Kenya Power, <coughs> let me let me help you out <laughs> because you need my help. You need my help. I'm curious Please. to hear. What is your help? <laughs> don't do this thing by yourself. Uh, uh-uh. No, you had me at okay. don't do this. I don't know why you continue. No, don't do this. <laughs> it is a brilliant idea. No, they can do it. No, but they cannot. Don't do it by yourself. Get a private sector player. Partner with them. Let them handle the business side of it. You handle the infrastructure of it. If there is a power outage and everything, if, the, the, if there's an internet outage, you fix that. Why? Handle that infrastructure part. They do power outage. Don't handle the. <laughs> don't fix them. Don't handle <laughs> the business side of it, yeah. and particularly don't handle the receivables. We, I, I know how <laughs> you 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 can do to, to, <laughs> to the receivables. So partner with someone in the private sector. And this thing will be excellent because of the efficiency that private sector players come with, particularly on the business side of it. Let them handle the pricing. Let them handle the payments and everything. You handle the infrastructure. You know, this First feels of, to me like something that, like a decision that was arrived at over a coffee date. Why do you think you so? Know, someone was just seated with someone else. Mm. And they were like, by this, see, we have these distribution networks. Mm. See, we can do this thing. Yeah, we can do this. Let's and do and it, what right? is Let's wrong? What is wrong with that? I mean, and they didn't think through it. Great I mean, startups have started no, with a coffee date. No, what do you mean? Again. Okay, let me. Let me Even this one. podcast was started on a coffee date. Hey, please, <laughs> me, me, I was not in any coffee date with Kigen. <laughs> Neither was I. <laughs> um, but no, that doesn't take anything away from it. The fact that it was started, that you think the idea that example, no, Kigen, it seems you're not getting it is aimed to to paint the picture of, of not thorough thinking through this process. No, let me say not this. Thinking through no, this no, no, no. Here, here's one thing. Mm-hmm. First of all, by the, the argument that, um, oh, the major internet ISPs, the major internet service providers, yeah. Yeah. because they are concentrated there in the urban oh, areas, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. let's go to the rural areas. Yeah. That, first of all, why do you think that all these major... Um, major yeah. players have not delved into the rural areas. Because infrastructure there is expensive and they don't have it. Safaricom can afford to do balloons. Yeah, they can do like... What it, are you telling them about? As, yeah, if they want costs. to make that investment, if it makes sense. Yeah, it they works. would have done it. 
the other thing this as you mentioned again <laughs> the partnerships have been there like you said that already as is the fiber cables are laid up against um Kenya, uh, Kenya power lines yeah, yeah. again so why not have the same um agreement or the same structure continue going yeah, forward yeah i think it's up to the isps because they're, they're the guys who know the business they're yeah. the ones who have assessed the opportunities they yeah. know the consumption of data in yeah. urban areas versus rural areas yeah. it is up to them to decide whether um, it makes business whether, sense yeah whether it makes business or sense or th- for them or not kenya power on one hand are not able to handle their core business yeah. and then they want to go to another to a whole other business no, so it's called diversification of portfolio well, diversifying when you things. cannot manage the yeah. or, or sort already your own things first and then move on you've already provided the infrastructure if guys are going to put up their fiber cables against it then let them do just it. treat that as a, mm. as an additional revenue stream the yeah. lease of of those so, of those networks so you're telling Kenya power it. not to do it don't, don't do, do it, it. Do it but don't do it. No, don't, don't do, do it. it. Partner with someone. No, this one it's been one two against one. Can you power please? <laughs> don't do it. Yeah. Don't you dare. <laughs> so, um yeah. What's your highlight? My highlight, highlight. uh I think there's been so much going on this week like I feel sure. there's so many things. Anyway, my highlight is again uh Ukuriatani telling us that we need to brace ourselves for tough times. Jokers FC. Um tough yeah. time level last. So basically this is uh, Ukur's uh, statement he was saying supporting the budget and preventing the economy from crashing is our main priority. We borrow to support the budget because revenue is either limited or not there. You know that's risk that's risk mode type of language. In what sense? I mean we are bracing ourselves, you know. Mm. Uh, repeat the statement again? Yeah. Um supporting the budget and preventing the economy from crashing is Pre- our main priority preventing yeah. the economy from crashing mm. yeah mm. so you're not looking at 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 GE increasing our gdp uh-uh, bro Side we just go. want to survive Side bro survival more i'm scared wapi hapa ngoma tumeka i'm a survivor anyway. i'm i'm scared bro <laughs> tell you what when ukur said yeah. that our debt might surpass gdp gdp i was like hell no <laughs> i've never thought of that because Initially as yeah. as at June of 2021 we were sitting at what 71% percent yeah. to GDP ratio yeah. Yeah. in even in my wildest dreams yeah. I've never thought of us doing 110% percent. Yeah. so I was looking at them look at the currency first and yeah. then number two, mm-hmm. the MPs are planning to raise the debt ceiling from okay. 9 trillion to 12 trillion simply because of the reason that we don't have money to finance our elections come mm. june come, come come august, august. of 2022 mm. so they're going to do that yeah. so raising the well you see the numbers and then immediately the, the, the percentages of, of the debt to gdp ratio doesn't scare me and do you know what do you know what is what scares you me should is be how we're going to use this debt you should be scared because oh god because once once there's definitely going to be because already 60% of our revenue is recurrent expenditure no 60% Of, of what our revenue yeah. goes towards servicing debt and you know what done you look at you That's look at this metric because now look it means at that this additional debt is just going to pay new pay old debt look at august yeah, next yeah. year there's definitely going to be a change in and the, the nation we're heading okay? to ponzi scheme territory now oh, when sorry. we change the regime right. there's going uru kenyatta is going home So they'll come a new president. Yeah. That's for a fact according yeah. to the constitution. Yeah. Yeah. And when the new president comes in that. <laughs> the new the president will come with his or her own manifesto, manifesto and plans mm. and the coffers are empty at the treasury. So what will the new president want to do? 
borrow. So if the ceiling or is raised default. this time to 12 trillion, yeah. when there'll be a change of regime in 2023, yeah. trust me, there'll be another raise from 12 trillion to I don't know what. It's either that, so that, that, it's either that, that or we lose our status. So moving from 70% yeah. debt to GDP ratio to yeah. past 100%, yeah. for me, the prospects are, it's it's very Bad, possible. Eh? Yeah. It's 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 gonna happen. Yeah. And and I think people need to remember that we are in the period where we are still. It's called the debt relief from the G20 um, agreement that because of COVID, mm. like there was a oh the Paris Club. Yeah. There was, yeah. The, there was a what's it called? Um, moratorium. Yeah. Basically, a moratorium from paying for mm-hmm. a number of the G7. If you have debt from G7 countries, mm-hmm. I, I think it was it ends. At the end of this year, yeah. So next day it means we have more yeah. debt yeah. service obligation. Yeah. So and then yeah. So it's yeah. I don't know. Like with the shilling behaving the way that it is, let's start looking for an, a passport. And that the interesting thing the is that inflation, like the US, is actively printing dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's inflation in the US. It's almost hitting six percent, or it's already hit six percent. Yeah, it is at six percent. Yeah, in the US, which is very too high. New, very high. New. It's never been that. For high. me, I don't remember the last time seeing the US being at six percent, and yet, ideally, because the, the the Federal Reserve is printing a lot of USD, mm-hmm. ideally the US dollar should be depreciating. Mm. Yet it is still appreciating against the country. against the shilling. Next so the shilling is taking a beating. It's 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 depreciating, but mm. the shilling is depreciating more. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But so it's look, look at it like look at it this way. Slide to the bottom, it's like who is going to get to <laughs> yeah. the bottom faster. Look at this. <laughs> the shilling is taking a beating yeah. against the dollar. Yeah. And Biden is printing dollars there. Yeah. So what if Biden wasn't printing dollars? Exactly. Yeah. So we would have taken it could yeah. have been at one forty. You see? Okay, so that uh, the beating the beating would have been equivalent to being told touch. I your think toes. I think this week um we've gotten close to getting to 113 um, got this to, is we touched 113, we, we touched 113 on Thursday and then i think yesterday there was some activity yeah, by the central bank to mm, bring it down to yeah, 112 so it's, it's it's currently at around um I think 112.7 mm-hmm. yeah and looking at it you know i remember i've mentioned this before that bloomberg their um, prediction or mm-hmm. analysis is that the kenyan shilling by august of 2022 when we'll be going for elections, yeah. we will be at 117. Mm-hmm. From this now, 113, probably we might get there earlier than Bloomberg predicted. Yeah, yeah, that's possible. Um, anyway, ugh, I just think the way things are going. I hear the Germans are also printing money. Yeah, the, the whole Euro area, basically. Why is that? Um, Why is that? COVID recovery efforts. Trying to ensure that guys are able to access capital. No, you print cheaply. money. You print money. You spur. Um, but wait, if, if Kenya decides to print, but I want a motto. What are you printing? <laughs> you, you, so you print money. You spur inflation. Mm-hmm. Inflation now prices go up. Now you have to print again. Mm. Yeah, it's eventually. That's that's why they usually say if eventually you need to taper off. Yeah. And now raise reduce your rates. the supply of money. Yeah. yeah. Raise your rates and yeah, just take take a, take away the amount of money that is in circulation um mm. in the in the in the society or in the Done. economy. So event uh-huh. like this government they need to do that. Yeah. They need to How soon? taper. But that's it should the have question. Done it like yesterday. Yeah, it should have been done, but every time you do a new variant comes up, 
It's uh, like, oh, if you do that, then it's going to. They're trying to protect a crash, okay. of the especially of the stock markets as much. I, I know this is what was actively being done by Trump. Mm. Like he was very keen on how the uh, stock market was performing, yeah. yeah. And so he was trying to do everything to ensure that the stock market does not crash. So I think so. that is still continuing even to now, mm. because as lo- as soon as you start tapering off, uh, like now. Expose yourself more to the risks on the market. J- basically, because capital just move now from the equities market to more of the fixed income market because rates have gone up, uh-huh. which uh-huh. now just means automatically the stock stock prices are going to go down. And mm-hmm. to me, to me, that makes a lot of sense because I mean, Americans have a lot of their wealth invested in stock market. The stock market, yeah. you know, for every ten Americans, six to seven mm-hmm. have invested in, in, in the stock exchange. Yeah. But then in Kenya, for every 10, <laughs> it's just one. Now I'm looking at the stimulus packages that were issued by Biden. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. this is probably one of the things that um, led to the printing of the money, yeah. you know, so that they issue, um, you know, uh, this um, money to Americans, you know, to help them during that time. Mm-hmm. And during the COVID period, yeah. because you know um, incomes went down, there were job losses and yeah. the likes. Mm-hmm. So this was done also in a bid to to stabilize the economy, so that people have money in their pockets, so they are able to spend. Okay, yeah, yeah. and you look at what if what would have been the impact if that had not been done. Mm-hmm. You'd realize that the economy would have taken a huge beating. Mm-hmm. But then there is also another factor there. Now, when this was done, mm-hmm. Americans had money in their pocket. You know, with the stimulus packages. Yeah. Now, when they had money in their pocket, they had money in their pocket when the supply chain had been disrupted. Mm-hmm. So the availability of goods and services, yeah, was there was a shortage reduced, because yeah. of, the, of the of the global supply chain. Mm-hmm. Now the demand rises, prices of products rise, inflation mm-hmm. rises. Yeah, you see. Mm-hmm. So it's you have to pick a struggle. Yeah, but anyway, at least for them, for us, we are <laughs> we're trying to stop the economy from crashing. crashing in the words of the CS. Um, but the, the, then the thing is, we borrow to support the budget because revenue is either limited or not there. And then, so my instant um, thinking mm-hmm. is that if you're just if if it's to support the budget, then why don't you reduce the budget? just reduce the budget. Like cut down on a lot of unnecessary development uh, expenditure. Not even development expenditure. Because the development because the current is the, it's like seven. I think it's almost hitting this money 80%. that you pay to to commissions no. and what and what yeah, commissions like that just drink tea and meat after two years. <laughs> yeah, Kenya Power Boards with meets almost three hundred times <laughs> in a year. It's like there's a board meeting almost every day. Um, Is it touching enough, Kigan? <laughs> no, I mean I'm I'm, I'm looking at <laughs> uh, for me. I, I don't know why Easter said that. <laughs> no, but but I feel like that that's what needs to be done. And in as much as like if the government needs to downsize. A, a lot yeah. and become yeah. very efficient. There very is a lot of very duplication of exactly. roles. Exactly, you see, it's not, there's that duplication of roles, and then we also have a lot of ghost workers. So all of these things they narrow down to corruption. Yeah, like so. If, if you're to have a cure for all this, it's reduce yeah, corruption. Just re- reduce this budget, like whatever expenses that you're having, mm-hmm. and in as much as it will lead to job losses, yeah. Yeah. probably early retirements and whatnot. Um, I feel like this, the what the government should be doing is ensuring that there is an enabling environment mm-hmm. for guys to actually go out and start businesses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that even for guys who've lost their jobs, it's mm-hmm. easier for them to start something on their, on their mm-hmm. own mm-hmm. and whatnot. But, oh well, the government here but will you be know, having KRA on your neck the as well. <laughs> the, the, the 
argument by Ukuri Atani since he, he he took over office from um, Henry Rotich mm-hmm. has always been that government spending is supporting is really holding the economy and in the sense that if the government um, is building a road mm-hmm. you know there are people who will benefit people will get jobs along that place For and how it has, many days? it has ripple effect you know the guys who work on the road there is a uh, uh, people who will come and bring them food mm-hmm. buy food from them so <laughs> that has been the argument yeah. okay and it has been that let the government borrow and do this because if the government stops this mm-hmm then the economy crashes but then this has been done at what expense yeah and again borrowing unsustainably again i always think there's the transference of this opportunity i feel like some we've seen even with roads for instance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with um what was happening okay in as much as the ex- i wanted to use the expressway as the example yeah. um before it being funded by the chinese government it's, uh-huh. it's funded by china now yeah, yeah i think the exim bank yeah. yeah but before then there was the whole bechtel um cooperation oh yeah mm. the american company yeah bechtel. where mm. they were supposed to do it was the expressway or, even, or expansion yeah, of they were actually mombasa. supposed to do six lane from, yeah, or is it eight lane from nairobi to mombasa yeah so at the eight lanes it was mombasa a, yeah four, four. it was like a whole thing um which now we've seen that it's the government does not really need to do everything yeah, yeah. but then bechtel bechtel refused the the expressway model where people have to pay at poll at, at yeah yeah, yeah they station. wanted it to come from the government yeah they wanted it to come from the government um yeah but i i think that there's a way where private companies now yeah. can be able to do some of this uh project we even in the power sector we see ipps yeah. all mm. over the place where um uh, other investors come and do their deploy capital yeah. um so they the government doesn't necessarily need to borrow to do everything yeah. now plus and i, I feel the, like the, 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 so these jobs sorry. get transferred uh, ah. to to it's just the private developers who are doing yeah. who are doing yeah. these things so at the end of the day um you st- the, the key thing should be providing an enabling environment mm. um to government and we'll see um even they will discuss the uh Anson Young report and mm. we saw that part of the reason why FDI into East Africa yeah. and into Kenya specifically yeah. reduced it's primarily because of bottlenecks yeah. in, in in the government mm-hmm. uh, and bureaucracy yeah. so I was, I was i was thinking mm-hmm. that you see for infrastructure what the government is really trying to do now before the the tenure um ends yeah. is to do these public goods provide public goods yeah, there, yeah. infrastructure roads and hospitals and all yeah. that mm-hmm. but i feel like that is crucial for the government to provide just when there are not no much alternatives mm-hmm. you look at the process not process the uh, a project like the expressway mm-hmm. it's only being introduced to reduce um um traffic yeah. traffic congestion not because people cannot move you know people mm-hmm. can still move from one to x but for them to move faster they're doing the expressway project so i feel like these supplementary projects to these are the ones that are but billions are lost in traffic every day in nairobi let me let me finish let me finish mm-hmm. these are supplementary projects they're mm-hmm. just meant to enhance what is already there yeah mm-hmm. and so they can easily it doesn't have to be the government providing them they, what kalia said transference of these um projects uh-huh. and, and, and 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 undertaking of those projects mm-hmm. it can be led to um private companies and the structures are there as simple as a BOT agreement yeah build operate transfer exactly you don't have to want to do everything to look busy to your electorate so that <laughs> i mean come on and the economy is hurting but they are, they are doing that you know give it to them the expressway it is a BOT yeah build operate transfer yeah yeah so there's no debt there 
there's no debt. Let's let's so Kenyans will just pay. Let them replicate it. that in almost any other project. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is um, what should. Ideally, we should be moving towards that. Yeah. Although, also from the political point of view, it's difficult because you're trying to be populist. That's what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> you're trying to look busy. To no, it's not to trying to look busy. It's trying to provide services to the to the populace without necessarily um, having them. Pay. I know I'm gonna be battered for this, but let me just say it, and that's why I believe democracy <laughs> just doesn't work. He's going to say something outlandish. Yeah, yeah Kigan, Kigan, we've known. I don't believe <laughs> in it. He's a dictator. No, I'm not. A dictator. If he one day stands for election, <laughs> no, <laughs> I just I just have reservations, strong yeah. reservations about democracy and the type of. <laughs> democracy <laughs> that we apply in this country no democracy in general because most of the time people don't know what they want what's good for them democracy is flawed and we should probably have this discussion um a special edition <laughs> you know because democracy the right that you've given to for everyone to vote yeah and they are not choosing the best of leaders shows you that that model it's not, working. It's, in, it's not working it's not working no it means as an economy like generally as a country as a nation as a people then you've not worked to ensure that everyone is elevated and better mm, like through education through education uh, through opportunities uh, through uh, employment let me tell you yeah. i believe that probably we should start so, exploring so things like let families let's make voting a must let people pay to vote why pay for let's, vote? Let's let people people have different voting powers. Why? So you want the Chinese model of tiers uh with the Communist Party where Not necessarily they, that. Uh, I'm just saying let's have an open conversation because essentially what we are having right now is not working. Having weighted votes I agree, Wh- but people let's, let's make, let's make voting, voting. Are you, are you more voting? Are you more of a citizen than me? So that you get a higher no, so that people, so that people start taking voting seriously because at the moment people, they're not taking voting take seriously. Voting if you seriously. can sell your vote, <laughs> then you tend you don't take voting seriously. People take voting very seriously. No, they don't. They sell their vote because they need food on the table, which is why it is not serious. Now, what is that argument you're making? Well, <laughs> I'm hungry, and you, as a leader, you're catering to my needs. No, Kalia, Kalia, you see, um, again, why I'm advocating for the waiting of votes. I don't know why we've this such a <laughs> we've digressed like wait so first much. people but should be given different voting be, powers exactly are you, are you what, more what of a citizen I'm talking about? are you more of a citizen if I am, if no, I'm more enlightened Kalia you. you cannot have me I'm more enlightened I know the issues to vote hey, about ego, you can you, say you you're a, you're a who hey, you're a, an educated a, someone in the, in the in the in the village who is only voting because of on tribal lines and all that. come on no, but me, the person in the village for me I have done. to meet your needs I can't be an elitist done let me let me let me sitting from the ivory towers let me say this of CBD in Nairobi and then apparently let me because say someone this, in Dan. is not educated no, even to see no, the, no, no, the, no, no, the wait, people are vying wait let me say this first this book becoming political do you know what I know this might sound elitist and I might be mistaken for an elitist <laughs> but in real sense I'm just a poor man. Now looking at this number one, Today when you're looking for a CEO or let's say one of the most important positions in this country, let's yeah. say central bank governor. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. You will have to look for panelists and you'll do rounds and rounds of interviews Thank you, and the people who like, will like be in that interview going. selecting this candidate yeah. are people with accomplished they understand Qualific- this job and everything yes yeah. and they know what to look for now look at the position of the top man in this country mm-hmm. the most important position by far mm-hmm. yeah. yeah why should it be that everybody should be given 
why should it be open ended come on no but again he is again facing the biggest number panel, two at the biggest you interview will, panel of 40 million you will million have the right Kenyans. of replying number okay. two dan number two <laughs> let me tell you we should this is also another way of boosting the economy and boosting people to start appreciating knowledge and advancing themselves if we decide today we are going to give nurses teachers doctors uh their vote would count more than for another person why this would make this would start to appreciate and make it and and, and improve actually the country uh, by people appreciating that let me tell you and this is applied let's go to the united states if you look at the democrats Democrats have different voting powers. Voting powers, yeah. <laughs> if you are for example Daniel Kale, if you now go to the US and you become a Democrat, you won't have the same voting power uh, voting power as Barack Obama in the Democratic um uh, preliminary pre- elections. Mm-hmm. You won't. I'm just saying, let's have an open conversation about this. <sighs> Because what we have currently doesn't work. You're okay. Right. Okay. a special edition. I'm going this. to respond very uh, quickly. Yeah, but yeah. First of all, this thing of weighted um votes, I feel like it's it's a joke because as citizens, we are all citizens of the country. No one is a greater citizen than the other citizen. And since we are all citizens, unless there's tier one citizens, tier two citizens, there should be. Oh, so you're saying we go to class classes nah, and nah, hmm. that I disagree. <laughs> so as a result, no, this whole story. No, there oh, is. We just not acknowledging. This whole story. That's what, like the, the the ballot is every citizen gets a right to vote an equal right yeah. to to vote and select leaders. Yeah. Number two, on leaders, who can be leaders? As I've said, as long as it is an elective position, mm-hmm. the top uh, the top most official in the country yeah. you've given the example of corporate or cbk the same way there's a panel of interviewers to look at your qualification your experience and everything yes yeah. all that in this case for the president and for the political seat your panel of interviewers is 40 40 million citizens 50 this is a big panel who can be able to say yes we can see your qualifications this is what you can do This is your history and they don't me, check your qualifications they check your tribe they check how much you're giving them guys that's now it's that's a flawed system that, chief that's that's that now things maybe we can work on but saying that now the power to vote is going to a select well, let's make voting a must people. for everyone so which that, is voting is a right for everyone let's make it now a must why so that people start taking voting seriously no i do take if i can see that the options that i do have are jokers it's like okay Let them choose whoever they will choose. We, we need me, to have a conversation. If I do not this, want to vote, I'll be like, okay, Kigen, you go choose whatever you choose, you choose. <laughs> And we move. Anyway, um yeah, I don't know how we got into that discussion. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're going to go um to our first one of the first topics that we're going to discuss, which yeah. is um the Africa attractiveness attractiveness report focusing on Africa which mm-hmm. is a report that was released by Anson Young yeah. um just this past week um uh, it's very interesting and it focused mostly on FDI uh FDI being foreign direct investment yeah. uh FDI inflows into Africa especially yeah. and there are just some interesting overviews um that I would maybe point out in 2020 so it's expected there was a decline in FDI inflows in 2020 yeah. compared to 2019 but this happened in almost all regions 
um but africa's was quite big but then all the other europe had a negative 23 it declined by 23% uh-huh. america 19% north okay. america uh, asia pacific was 43% decline uh, but basically in africa um, the largest economies that um, received uh, what's it called fdi inflows was south africa mm. uh, uh, west africa also no it was actually south africa, africa. africa and north africa so it was south africa yeah. with the biggest then morocco and egypt nigeria yeah. actually uh-huh who had the the biggest um fdi inflows, FDA inflows into the into in, into the economy the, yeah into their economies uh, but of course there's africa is expected now to grow uh, and recover quite well yeah. from the pandemic and expected yeah. to grow um, year on year so yeah it was quite interesting so some of the highlights um in so in terms of the countries that um have the most fdi yeah. in africa mm-hmm. france was the largest african investor in 2020 in 2020 oh, uh, followed by the us uh, but this <laughs> and this is what i found interesting this is based on the number of projects ah. that they invested in not, not the value money. not the value okay when you look at value it's china. any guesses china china yeah china <laughs> <laughs> china was number one um yeah so basically so that means the project that, that china is number four or three Uh, number three. So that means um, the capital intensiveness of mm. Chinese projects. They're yeah. more capital intensive. They're more capital yeah. intensive. Yeah. Yeah. And again, this goes again to the messaging oh, that we are yeah. seeing. I think from this report, yeah, it feels like it's it's trying to downplay China's there's some influence. PR. Yeah, there's some element of PR <laughs> in the report. Um, But ground is different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think I think you're feeling that way because you're Kenyan and Kenya is. Like China is the it has the most FDI. No, actually, no, looking looking at the, at the past decade, uh-huh. I mean, the Chinese have been very aggressive in Africa. Yeah, they've been very, very, very. Particularly very the East and Southern Africa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But so the, the report covers the whole of Africa. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So so West Africa because of you know the f- former French colonies. Oh, yeah. And uh, even their their yeah. currency, you yeah. know, is, mm. is backed by you know the. French yeah the French is euro no no now the um, there is of just course the euro, euro mm-hmm. but then the French currency yeah. just as we have the euro then we still have the sterling pound yeah 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 but that's because the UK said okay we will belong to the euro but we'll retain independence of our own currency mm. and then anyway and then, um, and then Brexit came yeah. <laughs> okay yeah so the, the other interesting thing is when you look at most countries actually uh, contracted in 2020 yeah, yeah. When, you look, when you look at the economies um of course we know Kenya contracted by 0.3 mm-hmm. 0.3 0.3 yeah uh, but then we have Morocco which contracted by 7.1% which is big South Africa 6.4% Angola 5.2 Uh, Nigeria 1.8 uh, but then of course there are some countries Wait, that was it 0.3 or 3? 0.3. Wait, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we did a um, special that? edition on yeah, that the KNBS yeah. report. Yeah. Check that out. Episode f- special edition after episode 4. So yeah. Was, uh, yeah. Um yeah, but then also there are a few countries that actually grew. Mm-hmm. Not surprising Tanzania. Uh, which yes, is really surprising. Why is it not surprising? Because they didn't they weren't locked down. Oh, they didn't lock down. Okay. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> mm. uh, so it grew by 4.8%. Yeah. Ethiopia grew by, by 3.3%. Yeah, yeah. Weirdly, I do not know why what their covid protocols were. 
I don't remember hearing Ethiopia shutting down or imposing mask mandates. Mm. Anyway, um Egypt also grew 1.5%, Cote d'Ivoire grew uh 1.2%. Cote d'Ivoire is 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 really doing well. I mean, look at the past the past decade. Mm-hmm. The, the the growth has been has been really good since they got from the civil wars yeah, they used to have. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um so it's um so when you look at now the FDI uh highlights um specifically yeah. on, on the trends of how course did, how did our country perform um kenya's um first we look at compared to will we'll compare to other regions yeah um so fdi relative to gdp yeah. um i think africa is getting quite a lot of fdi mm. compared to uh, it's only second to emerging europe Oh, ah, so and that, that is understandable. I mean, <laughs> we need the money, and there are a lot of opportunities. Yeah, there are a lot of opportunities. Yeah, yeah. but we are receiving slightly more compared to Latin American Caribbean. I feel like because we are sort of in the same economic development space mm-hmm. in the neighborhood. As, yeah, mm-hmm. as 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 emerging nations and emerging countries. Um, yeah, it's there's considerable interest in in Africa mm. and emerging Africa and these opportunities that especially if governments act right and make it very easy for these guys to come in yeah. and uh do their business quite easily yeah. mm-hmm. um it's it's quite easy but also the other thing it's interesting we are seeing also the emergence of countries in the emerging markets mm-hmm. also being heavy contributors towards FDI inflows to other countries, other countries yeah. so ne- South Africa has actually appeared uh on the list uh with at that 133 projects outside of AC um which has created uh 12.1 more than 12,000 uh jobs yeah i mean th- th- that is that is very much expected i mean <laughs> we've we've seen um south african companies you know aggressively especially in the south southern african space Can you know, look at zambia zimbabwe Yeah, of course we I think also abs accounts. Yeah, yeah abs uh, does count. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I mean you look at the Southern African space, you look at Botswana, mm-hmm. uh, Lesotho, you look at Zambia, Zimbabwe, yeah. Malawi, even up even Tanzania, the DRC, mm-hmm. South African companies have been really aggressive moving up. And even I think for Kenya it's now we also now moving that especially yeah, led DRC, by our banking equity. space yeah we have equity going to DRC yeah. um who Someone wants his lion mention <laughs> who, went to, to who went to who went to Kigali uh <laughs> BPR mm. KCB yeah yeah so and we uh um yeah so those two Uh, especially um who have gone cross border and are looking at opportunities yeah. and, mm. and generally kenyan companies have been very aggressive in the ESC Space. member Space. states mm. yeah. and and that yeah. makes a lot of sense you know yeah. because the markets are relatively similar, similar yeah. you know the distance and everything you can easily produce your goods at the industrial area in nairobi you know mm. and get them to juba easily yeah, yeah. Which other industries do we have um, our players venturing into other markets in apart from banking? Uh retail of course with Akinanakomat they had moved across but everybody but who's gone outside Kenya in the retail, retail space has come back crying. Yeah, yeah it's bunch mm. fingers. Yeah, Mchumi, <laughs> Tuskies, Nakumat. Uh, yeah, but then tough. again so Tuskies went know. out. Yeah, they yeah, were they in Uganda. So I don't know whether it is that they went and got their fingers burnt or because all three companies now are also 
on their deathbed if yeah. not death dead already oh, so it could so have it been could problems have been a, in nairobi that mm, you know led to things going manifest ah, makes outside, a lot of sense yeah. yeah but yeah so as when you're looking at the top uh, fdi investor the top yeah. 10 in fdi investors into yeah. africa uh, by project number uh, number of projects it's the us <laughs> that, that, that thing seems to have pissed you off and huh? china i'm like no okay china comes ra- comes third yeah. in, in 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 number of projects mm-hmm. but in terms of the value or capital investment so it's it's three times the us whoa, which is wow yeah because the us has invested 23.7 billion dollars uh, i think the value metric is more important than the number of projects yeah because they they're higher on the capital investment yeah. they're higher on the number of jobs created yeah now when you so, mention jobs <laughs> created you got to give it to them yeah the, again jobs created more than three times uh the US China. so then the i mean looking at fdis mm-hmm. and um if i don't know if we could get a trace from 2019 mm-hmm. um has it been going down or is it just because of last year because you know yeah, yeah it's been going up uh 2016 2017 the more or less the, the same the yeah. 2018 it jumped yeah. up 2019 and then 2020 because of covid uh-huh. yeah actually. but for me i the just an outlook of the whole FDI space and how the Kenyan market is mm. i i feel that the FDIs that have been coming in and are coming in and mm. will continue to come in will be coming in and feeding mostly into the service sector yes yes okay. that's actually what is happening yeah. because if you look at manufacturing so i let's say i'm an investor mm-hmm. okay i'm sitting in guanzu or mm. i'm sitting in new york yeah. Berlin and I want to come and invest in Kenya. Yeah. And I am in manufacturing. Mm-hmm. So what is the first thing that I do? I go into the website of Kenya Association of Manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Okay, to have an understanding of the manufacturing space in Kenya because mm-hmm. that's where I want to invest in. Mm-hmm. And when I get there and I get to the news and press release, all I see is the Kenya Association of Manufacturers, you know, constantly <laughs> telling the government that hey, watch how you're taxing us. Watch how the business environment is when it comes to manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Trust you, I'm not going to invest. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm saying this will be the fdis will continue coming in specifically to the, to the especially for eastern africa for east africa and south africa yeah. for southern africa wait countries. so you're trying to say that they're only going into the service sector because it's not because it's attractive but because these are the places repulsive because manufacturing, the manufacturing at the repulsive. moment is tough, it's tough. do we only have these two industries no, but that we have to choose between the two no but service sector is largely broad is is is, is very huge you know okay just look at where you'd want to invest tourism it's a service sector banking insurance it's a service mm-hmm. sector mm-hmm. yeah okay. so so uh, but okay. almost almost but going to manufacturing uh, and just having a mention on that mm-hmm. um so when you look at the largest recipients of fdi yeah. in 2020 yeah. uh, kenya is actually number 5 1 2 3 4 5 yeah we are actually fifth in africa so that's after south africa fdi for manufacturing no no fdi in general okay yeah we are number 5 after sa who like were significantly they were in the lead by far Before, yeah i mean uh, just look at the rule of law in south africa and the rule of law in kenya <laughs> i mean the difference what's the yeah. difference the i mean of doing business <laughs> do you have the ranking 
no, uh, no it, it was stopped. It was struck out. But me, I'm, I'm talking specifically remember, about the, the adherence to the rule of law. Yeah. The adherence to the rule of law in South Africa is way up higher than here in Kenya. Mm. Because you look at Kenya, rulings are made by the court and oh, the yeah. government oh, yeah. doesn't follow suit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? But then in South Africa, the adherence to rule of law is really important. is is taken seriously yeah. more than Kenya. Mm-hmm. And now as an investor, that is also something that is critical. Because if you have a dispute with someone and you go to court, you have you know you the assurance that, that in south africa yeah. what the court decides yeah. will be followed yeah. suit yeah. you know and that has clearly shown so you'd want to go to south africa more than kenya yeah and also the, the, the i think also it's something maybe we might need to look at but um the consistency mm-hmm. in the law regimes uh tax regimes uh-huh. like things do not change the predictability yeah the predictability yeah. things yeah. do not just change uh after speech <laughs> what what we wanna casa when it, when mm. it comes to before the finance bill as yeah. i always say what wanna casa chief yeah. anyway so uh, anyway the point was south africa has the highest morocco was number two uh-huh. but then when you look at the fdi inflows into morocco it yeah. was actually the, in the manufacturing space Um so wow. yeah so according to UNCTAD like Morocco's stable economic growth it attracted investments in the automotive aerospace and textile uh sectors so for them i think because their manufacturing space is they've, they've they've made it work yeah. essentially they're getting good uh, fdi inflows in mm-hmm. those uh spaces plus and the service sector is largely already If you had to do some saturation uh, metrics mm-hmm. it's it's very high in in Morocco in Morocco yeah, yeah. um you know one of so the things so there's no much opportunity for the service sector then, ah. as it is for these other untapped manufacturing yeah. okay oh, that, that, that that makes sense yeah. um i was also you know trying to analyze the the Morocco and United States free trade um, agreement yeah. which um came How up it? in 2000 i think it was instituted in around 2006 2007 yeah. Yeah. And you know you've mentioned textile mm-hmm. you know and those are some of the opportunities that you know um, Americans were looking to invest in yeah. Morocco mm-hmm. so that that's really interesting yeah. shout out to Casablanca Marrakech <laughs> yes and then so when you're looking at South Africa's uh, South Africa's actually they had two big investments uh-huh. so the first one was Pepsi which uh, mm. invested invested acquired uh, Pioneer Foods uh, which is I think I don't know whether it's a food and beverage co-company in in AC uh, but it was acquired by Pepsi and then uh-huh. Google invested in Fiber uh, Ooh, so that's a big one that's so it, a big one yeah so it made an investment in undersea fiber optic cable uh oh, that's huge now i understand so why now i understand why why they, they now to to south africa okay. so to increase fiber connectivity and boost internet speed uh in the country yeah so kenya so um, are we still the is our internet still the fastest our internet Okay, I don't know whether it's greatly changed in 2021, but as of 2020 Nothing changed in 2020. But I know we have the highest penetration. Yes. No uh, internet penetration. Yeah, so when we come home to Kenya, um the the thing that seems to be a big issue is the local participation rules that was introduced um in 2020 was it 2019? Um, in the insurance telecoms and technology sectors mm-hmm. to protect domestic companies so i think the I, i tried looking for it i wasn't able to find it yet mm-hmm. uh, but i think the whole idea was to try and have some level of local uh, participation in these companies yeah. uh, when they come mm-hmm. uh, and this seems to have put off some investors from coming in tell you what uh, done that's a regulation i'm really not for do you I know what done mm-hmm. you i mean sitting uh, uh, If you put yourself in the government's shoes, you got to pick a struggle. Yeah. 
<laughs> you either pick a struggle of repatriation of profits or you pick a struggle with FDIs. Mm. You, you, you can't have both. Sorry? Repatriation of profits, uh-huh. you know, local players mm-hmm. playing in, the money is going to remain in your economy. Yeah. Or FDIs coming in. Mm-hmm. So you have to pick one. You can't have both, chief. Yeah, but at least um but and, even FDI is in FDI my opinion come, the government the government made the right decision. No, but to local players. When, Everybody when is protecting their local players globally. <laughs> Why won't you protect you? When you're giving when you're receiving an FD, an FDI into your country, mm-hmm. right? And that injection of funds into your country. It's, it doesn't come at you to your treasury coffers. It comes probably through an, another company. Of course, and it's an investment. So there's still the, there's so still the of profits anyway. No, no, so no. Like yeah. If there's, if there's the local, if there's local ownership, a portion of this profit is going to go to to remain within. Yeah, the it's going to remain within the the economy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Instead of moving, let's say it fits a UK based company or a US based company. Now these profits are going to be repatriated to shareholders in the US. Absolutely. And it's going now to circulate in the US economy. Yeah. So when you make them have. Kenyan ownership, yeah. then a portion of that profit is going remains to in the country. Yeah. In the ca- yeah. Which so you gotta pick a struggle. The government did the right but thing. But then on the other hand, it could be like if you're coming in, make sure that you're hiring locals uh, as well. Yeah, absolutely, you're creating jobs Isn't that for given? locals. Uh, it's not always given. Okay, until the time it's highly so Chinese guys selling. It's highly encouraged uh, <laughs> that you do <laughs> that. You do that. Uh, but so I think I, I have to loud Dr. Yeah. Fred Matiangi on this. Mm-hmm. I know there are some expatriates who are complaining about how getting a work permit is becoming harder in Kenya. But for me, I think Dr. Fred Matiangi has done something good. Mm-hmm. I think our getting work permits in Kenya was just open-ended. So anyone would get a working permit for any job. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think we are really funneling it down to expatriates because the unemployment rate in Kenya is high. Mm. There are many competent Kenyans who can do the job that quote unquote people foreigners are coming back to who are coming to, to, come, do, yeah. to do. So for the jobs that are in Kenya yeah. that Kenyans can do, let them do it. Yeah. I don't think that is that's someone doing their job. I, d- <laughs> I wouldn't loud him. So I'd be like that's what you should be doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so look at this man. Yeah, so just touching on the sectors yeah. uh, as you mentioned, uh as Kigan had mentioned, um, business services like had the highest uh, FDI. Most of the FDI inflows were into business services, yeah. followed by telecoms and technology, wow. and then consumer products and financial services. Even telecoms and technology, mostly services. Yeah, and then advanced manufacturing now showed up somewhere, number yeah. five, <laughs> <laughs> and automotives. Um, yeah, so I think uh, generally, I think there's a lot of interest in FDI and investments in Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenya, we are well positioned as the hub for East Africa. For East Africa. Um, especially if you go to 2022 and we do not misbehave as a country yeah. um, because Ethiopia right now, it's yeah. tricky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also with their rule of law as well, it's, you don't know, because it's, autocratic in a sense you mm. investors are not very comfortable mm. with that uh, with ah. that environment. you don't know whether something can change overnight mm-hmm. um tanzania on the other hand tanzania are just there 
Are they? They, 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 they? I even feel like there are. I think I think they are becoming more. They're in a transition. They're in a transition. You yes. can't say they're just there. No, <laughs> but they're usually because if you go and work in Tanzania, it's very easy. It's very chill. It's very laid back. Like they do not have the rush and aggressiveness that we <laughs> not, do have. Not not really done. But <laughs> I was having a conversation with um some Tanzanian um investors mm-hmm. and generally about. And sorry, not Tanzanian investors, people who've invested in in in, in the Tanzanian market, mm-hmm. and just I was trying to understand the whole um, business environment. Mm-hmm. And for me, what I got from that conversation is that Tanzania is in a state of transition mm-hmm. when it comes to business environment. Yeah. This is because from the regime from of what the late um, Dr. Magufuli, mm-hmm. which was so what the international investment space got from the kind of vibe they were getting mm-hmm. from Magufuli was was a negative vibe okay yeah was sort of repelling mm-hmm. but then I mean, with, the with now with yeah. now Samia Suluhu Samia Suluhu is more inviting more cordial okay yeah. Yeah. let's have a conversation let's better business you guys come in let's work together so that kind of vibe is what you know is 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 trying to is is bringing in the the, the green light and light at the end of the tunnel in Tanzania in the investment space yeah but you yeah. need both for a good leader you need both of such people goodwill is really important uh, when, when, when the time comes you need to to invite people but then you also need to stand your ground when now you're like if you guys are coming this much um, employment has to be given to our people Abs- yeah. I agreed <laughs> yeah um Yeah so I think that's generally um the whole idea the other thing that of course um probably investors and funds and people are looking at yeah. when making this decision is the level of, of vaccination in mm. the different countries oh, yeah. yeah so when yeah. you look at percentage of vaccinated population yeah. of course it has changed by now but um in Africa the two leading countries are actually islands So Seychelles has vaccinated fully vaccinated 78% of their population. Wow, incredible. Mauritius has vaccinated 67% of their population. Morocco has vaccinated 62%. Now I understand why my FDRs will be going to Casablanca. Well, I think it's because of this country's Morocco very, very, very populations. No, but Morocco is very hard hit um by COVID. Like if you to look at the number of covid infected people yeah. and also deaths especially uh-huh. last year so i think that made them be very aggressive yeah. south africa which um um Ramaphosa. of course has uh, uh, keeps identifying uh, new, new variants, variants. Yeah. Uh, they've actually vaccinated 22% of their population so it's quite and, good given the size of the population yeah and okay. of course in east africa but, Ru- but the Rwanda, size of of the population in south africa is not that much compared to kenya Mm. Yeah. I think are it's around sure? 60 something million. We no, are currently at around 50 something. No, I think it's too. No, it's around 60 something. Dan is googling it. Yeah. What when what is happening? Uh, why why why? Is South African correct? population. Yeah. <laughs> But you know one one of the just just to say this as Dan is 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 finding that for finding that out for us. Mm. One of the things that really for me even in in my own investment space I'm looking to one day invest in South Africa and I'd see why people would invest in South Africa compared to let's say Kenya or other or, or let's say Uganda or other countries mm-hmm. exempt the guys at the north mm-hmm. now this is because in Kenya for example if you're investing yeah. you'd have a lot of let's say in a service sector you'd have a lot of your sales generating from Nairobi mm-hmm. okay then you'd have some generating from 
Mombasa, you know a bit coming from Kisumu, a little You're bit right. coming from Nakuru and and Eldoret, but most of your sales would be concentrated in Nairobi. You know because it's a city, you know the largest city. Yeah. But then if you go to South Africa, you have options. Okay? Mm-hmm. Your businesses will do well in very in, in different Joburg, places. You have Joburg, you have Cape Town, you have Pretoria, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. so you have all these other yeah, you have yeah. Durban, you yeah. see? So you have very big cities yeah more than one but in oh, kenya you only have one okay which is just nairobi and then you're throwing cities to <laughs> ati, ati nakuru <laughs> nakuru okay, became a city Kale, the other day <laughs> <laughs> congratulations <laughs> to nakuru county yes. no my, my issue is is it does it has it attained the status we look at um the number of transactions that occur there the, the size of the economy the i'm sure those nakuru, are the metrics that were observed before after giving nairobi them. county nakuru county is the second highest uh, gdp contributor Mm. More than Mombasa. More than Mombasa, more than Kiambu, more than Kisumu. Where are these figures coming from? Hi, not from my air. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, it's serious. Like um I'll send you the link. But it makes oh, we'll sense. It, 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 makes sense. it makes sense. K- Nakuru County is a lot of business. Um, population really of active. South Africa? 59.3 million. Told ya. <laughs> yeah, so I think yeah, we there's there's a lot of opportunity for Africa if governments act right, yeah. uh, they'll take advantage. I think um maybe Rwanda would but it's only because it's small but i think they would be doing well going forward so looking at what um looking at what like in terms of the projects and what they're actually doing in terms of ease of doing business mm. and their their economic growth and uh, the, and the kigali know. international financial center you guys should check that out i mean yeah. they they are very aggressive are very very aggressive what are they doing? so the they are creating sort of an autonomous unit Okay so in Kigali an autonomous investment unit where you will come and invest through that space you know and you're going to get serious you know in, in incentives and you know uh incentives in terms of taxes in tax holidays mm-hmm. levies and the likes but then it's 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 not open for guys in the east african region okay. it's quite uh there's a lot it's a huge chunk it's a conversation mm-hmm. it's probably an episode in itself uh-huh. but you guys should check that out Kigali International Financial Center Kenya is having a model called Nairobi International Financial Center similar to that but Kenya has been lagging in as far as that process mm-hmm. is concerned yeah. i think the the, the rwandese have, have run away with it so check that out guys yeah um yeah so i think that's good um i would have wanted to look at the some of the information um anyway we'll just slide this in very quickly yeah um the central bank monetary policy committee uh-huh. um they decided i think we had mentioned it in the previous episode yeah. we were speculating meet, yeah. we were speculating whether they would raise the rates we saw that other countries we are uh, never wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, our neighboring countries had raised their the cbr rates yeah. um but for us we maintained it at 7%. 7%. This is I think the 15th time we are maintaining, maintaining it here. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know whether should because okay, we did expect them to maintain it, mm-hmm. but the question is should they have maintained it? Mm-hmm. That yeah, I don't think we are we are there. Yeah, I don't bad. think we need to raise it yet. Um why? I think that's what you ask. Why because for me I feel like we should because of what we're seeing with exchange okay although exchange rate stabilization is not the core focus of the central bank uh-huh. um but i feel like raising it would help uh stabilize the shilling a bit 
I think uh, February next year is the right time to raise it. Do you know why? Why February? When you raise it next year. Uh when okay, so what happens when you raise it? So when you raise the rate, um essentially you uh you when you raise the the the, the amount of your interest rate, rate yeah. yeah um the two things are going to happen so supply of thing, money yeah the supply reduces. of money yeah so i'm trying to explain the, how the supply of money uh-huh. reduces um because in kenya we seem our commercial bank rates tied to to that yeah. we're going to see banks also raising yeah. um their rates mm-hmm. so what this happens is that um few people tend to to lend to borrow uh, to borrow no they hold off from borrowing uh-huh. so sorry say that again when you raise the rates yeah as a bank when you raise your interest rates because your loans become more oh, expensive yeah. people, people do not yeah. people yeah, do not borrow yeah. and this funds now reduces yeah. uh, so the supply the amount of, of supply money in, yeah. in the economy in reduces, the economy reduces. Mm. so dan why would you want to reduce the supply of money in the economy right now and to even as you're heading into elections why would you want to reduce the supply of money because my thinking is during the during the electioneering period since we are getting there mm-hmm. what happens is that the economy goes down okay mm-hmm. the economy tends to decline because people hold off to invest yeah. you know, people hold off to spend a lot and the likes so since the economy goes down and mm-hmm. companies downsize and everything incomes are going to go down mm-hmm. so if incomes are going down and job cuts will be there definitely Mm-hmm. Why would you want to reduce the supply of money in the economy? Because inflation. Curb, is, if inflation anything, you should exactly. be increasing it. No, you want to curb inflation. You don't want to have high unemployment and high inflation at the same time. Okay, although we seem to have sort of held on to the inflation bit because the inflation numbers came in. We are at 5.8. Yeah, 5.8. Yeah. Wow, amazing. Yeah. yeah, and also global oil prices seem to be dropping. Yeah. yeah. So that would help us maybe in the next two the next two months or so uh-huh. so i think in that case yeah when now when you put all this together then mm-hmm. it makes sense to to maintain it to maintain the the interest rate uh, as it is so they're, they're also projecting that um you know they've reviewed again the growth rate and they're looking that in 2021 will be growing at 6.4 percent yes uh that's the i don't think we'll get there um we'll probably do um we'll probably year. do a north of 5.8 no Next. 2021 okay i don't think oh, okay, i agree i, I think we'll I do think a north of five po- of five percent um six yeah. percent uh, <laughs> i don't see it coming <laughs> plus you see with the cbr rate CB, CB oh, or maybe since rate. we are coming from a negative, oh. it might be now six percent. That makes sense. Yeah, it will grow. Um, and I'm trying to look at um, the, the the because the, it will be coming from negative zero point three in 2020. The, the areas that they expected to grow significantly. You're, you're comparing the inflation to 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 something else, which is the economy. Oh, sorry. Yeah. N- no, 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 no. I'm talking about the growth the rate. GDP growth. GDP, growth. Yeah. Okay. yeah, the CBK has said that yeah. we'll be growing at 6.4%. Yeah. World Bank, IMF have also reviewed saying that we'll grow at 6% plus. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that we'll probably we do uh, f- north of 5%. Are they talking mm-hmm. net? But then we are, are also they talking net? Wait, they said we're growing by... GDP growth. GDP economic growth is projected yeah. to grow at 6.4%. So that is, okay. We'll grow, by six point, we'll grow to 6.1% from negative 0.3. Okay, yeah. yeah. If, look at if we are coming from a negative then that would Yeah, just basically based on where we were. Yeah. Uh in 2020. Yeah. 
this economy the number uh, if the, the GDP, GDP was 1 trillion yeah it's going to 1.06 yeah. trillion okay yeah that's okay. what they're saying and interestingly um agriculture is projected to actually decline by 0.6 um and that's no, that's given. i'm not sure okay, it's given yeah because mm. the rainfall and then people are not investing in that sector we've, we've declared drought as a national disaster yeah and even these short rains have been said they'll be shorter um not surprisingly services industry is expected to grow 10.4% nah. so it's going to grow to, Definitely. to a lot of growth with information and technology it ICT expected to grow at 19%. Absolutely. Um oh, I've seen education. Oh yeah, which makes sense. Education is 33% growth. Yeah. This How year? 33. Yeah. yeah. I think the which I think we, we've discussed we discussed H1 bank mm. results, we discussed Q3 bank yeah. results and we saw growth. Mm. And banks are normally uh you can use it as an indicator it's you know <laughs> arguably yeah. it's it's used as an indicator of the performance of the economy yeah and then i don't think we should be so excited about this because it's just we are just getting back hey bro, to where things should have been covid is still here with us let's celebrate yeah, the we, growth if, if, if we have it if we're covering and we're doing well that's not bad yeah No, as excited you should not be like there's something we've worked hard for like uh, production no, has increased no. by that much let me tell no. you let me tell you Easter. let me tell you from these from, are companies that were existed no. were closed because of covid let the economy went the, down and so they lost the perspective that this it's not that they've increased their production capacity no, 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 which no, is no, what no, you should no. be looking wait wait let me speak from the perspective of a business person of somebody who, who owns a business mm-hmm. my friend covid 2020 was hell I and was alive i saw tell you what yeah it was and for msmes i mean it was really really tough uh-huh. people closed down yeah that yeah. what yeah. now seeing growth coming is a ah, good thing it's something to be celebrated yeah and mm. you know if 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 you're a business owner and you're seeing that the economy is being projected to grow you know you're also getting excited because you know wow I mean prospects for my business also you know I'm I'm going to have a positive outlook in as far as ma- the macros are concerned. Yeah. Growth is an exciting one. Because there's always what, a macro perspective in every business. You know recovery. that. Yeah, yeah. Even when you're doing a, a, a proposal or your an investment proposal and everything yeah. mm-hmm. a mac- you must insert a macro perspective. Yeah. Sure. Um what I'm trying to say here is instead of saying growth say recovery. Let's uh, get back to where we were. Uh, Let's okay. get back to where we were. <laughs> then once we are where we were, now we start looking at growth. How okay. are, are we improving? Okay. Next so, yeah. okay. so if you benchmark compared to 2019, where Sorry? were we? So basically what you're saying is compared to 2019 and now yeah, pre-covid, be a pre-covid, pre-COVID and now yeah, is yeah. it are we at the same level of have we? I don't think we've fully recovered. Okay, so for some industry recovering. we have. Yeah, for some for industries some we have we're, we're yeah. still recovering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because uh, also the, the central bank in the I don't know that call it press release or the info that they shared out also yeah. they touched a bit on the hotel space and you can see it's it's recovering uh, yeah. in terms of occupancy especially Mombasa hotels yeah. Yeah. Uh, recovering uh, 65 they have not yet got to pre covid levels uh-huh. but they are and, and I think there. this this December holiday period is going to be a very important for them because mm. they'll, they'll be recovering you know try to pay debts and the mm. likes and also employees who are who are laid off you know it's an exciting moment for them because there are prospects of them coming back at least mm. for this period mm. yeah yeah makes sense, uh, makes sense. yes but it's 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 good to see that um the hotels are back in operations almost a uh, 100% of hotels 
uh, seem to be back in operations uh, as at October and November, uh, especially in Nairobi. Uh, Mombasa, they got back into operation around me. And we're getting to December, year. so it may get even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the bed occupancy, um, Nairobi hotels, they're averaging 53% uh, as at November. Um, Mombasa? Uh, Mombasa at 65%, although they had a high of 72% in October. Yeah. What happened the, in October? What I think it's because of the Mashujadi stroke. Uh, Utamaduni Day. I don't know whether one was a oh, long weekend. Oh yeah, those holidays. Yeah, guys, of course, go because it's a long. Yeah, long people weekend. have money. People go to Mombasa for Utamaduni Day. No, you don't have he, money because <laughs> you get <laughs> the market is awash with liquidity. <laughs> yeah. So normally, on average, pre-COVID, um, Mombasa hotels used to average. In fact, this gentleman was in Mombasa in October. In Kilifi in October, and he's here talking. You remember? <laughs> he was. He was. He was in Kilifi. Mm. So yeah, I was saying. Pre-COVID, yeah. uh, Mombasa hotels averaged 75% occupancy yeah, uh, yeah. On, on the year. So now getting a high, because in October that was the high 72%. The average it's almost what? getting there, uh, 65%. Uh, Nairobi bad, used to bad. hit around 60%. Ah. So we are getting we are getting there. Nairobi ah. was mainly driven by conferences and mm. uh, that's the space. But then uh, conferences have gone to Zoom. Yeah. yeah, now everything is on Zoom. But then people also What are the prospects the, the of recovery I, I had a team I had a team building on Zoom, my friend. <laughs> you you were supposed to go to Boris. <laughs> sorry, it was sorry, a team bro. building on, on Zoom, but it's okay. Um but then you know there's there's we, at the end of the day if you look at the psychology of it all we are yeah. all human beings. So there is that online fatigue. So at some point, you know, I If you look at the, the 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 outlook of that whole space of conferencing and the likes, yeah. mm-hmm. um, the companies and organizations have gotten a way. I've I've gotten a means to operate with that, which is the hybrid system. Mm-hmm. So they'd still take a conferencing space, but then they'll stream it live, and it will still be on Zoom, so that they will they have incoming guests as well as those who are on Zoom. So hybrid model yeah. is is being taken up really, really well. Yeah, yeah. That speaks to what I had some time back at the Kenyan MPs went to Dubai to attend a virtual training. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> you know, sometimes the, anyway. the media worried reports, yeah. So no. it was probably a, a hybrid meeting. Mm. Probably. But, but you travel to... But if, if you're traveling to get a training on virtual, as in... Just spend it It's conflicting. <laughs> anyway, let's move it's on. It's a lot of conflicting uh, info. But yeah, that was pretty much uh, some of the I interesting... I think what, what Keegan was trying to answer, I used to ask a question about yeah. the prospects of recovery of hotels mm-hmm. or hospitality industry in, in these two cities, Nairobi yeah. and Mombasa. Mm-hmm. Mombasa people uh, go to Mombasa for... Sherea. Um, for Sherea. Yeah, enjoyment. People go there to spend money. You go there when you're ready to spend money. Yeah? Mm-hmm. In, in Nairobi, it's business that brings you here mostly yeah and the business you've seen that it's been taken to virtual in as much as Kigen is talking to he's talking about um hybrid whatever if mm-hmm. i'm if i'm a ceo yeah if i'm a cfo mm-hmm. when i'll be a cfo yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and people want to go to people want to attend a conference in in nairobi in kcc yeah but there's covid and so there's also zoom now mm-hmm. yeah You're definitely going to use Zoom because it's less costly. <laughs> I mean, looking at my balance sheet and my P and L, you'll have to go to Zoom. If I want to, Ati, do what? Give you relief. And the problem give you is, two, it's two, not two days off, not to not at the problem is for take for example room. an AGM. Yeah. You think it's your decision as the CFO that we should have it on Zoom or not? No, it's it, that decision goes yeah, beyond. Yeah, but is it only is but it only AGMs that happen in Nairobi? AGMs have been happening happening a lot on, on on Zoom, and I think this will be the norm. 
going forward, I yeah. think. Yeah, so yeah. even if you're out of the country, you can still yeah, make a lot of sense. Yeah, so yeah, anyway. So it, it's yeah. not my decision. It is that given. Was, <laughs> yeah, anyway, that was just a discussion on okay. some of the facets of the economy that was uh, brought out by the Central Bank. Stock of the week. So we are going to uh, Stock of the Week. Mm. This week, we are looking at um, a company that probably is not usually out there uh, a lot. Uh, but guys know about it, but I don't know whether guys discuss it a lot as an investment uh, stock option. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we are looking at car and general. Yeah. Car and general. Um, it's 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 a lonely stock, you know. <laughs> it's, it's it's a it's lonely like stock. Only play in that industry. Yeah. So it's <laughs> under true? under the Nairobi Securities Exchange. It's yeah. the only stock that is listed under the the automobiles Automob- section. Yeah. You know, it's a lonely stock, just like the NSE itself listed under investing. Yeah. And yeah. the Safaricom, you know, lonely stock listed <laughs> it by itself under Telecom. telecoms. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. Can General is a company that was established in 1960. 1936. Wow. Started in Nakuru. Um, then oh, it that moved to Nairobi in 1937. Oh, wow. So initially it started uh, as an import uh, importer of automotive parts okay. and, and, and goods. So they would import and then distribute to guys. Okay. And then in 1941, they introduced tire retreading and mm. they they say they are one of the pioneers in that space. That space. Oh wow. Yeah. And then 1950 it was one of the ca- first companies to be quoted in the NSE. Uh-huh. Um then in the 1960s they expanded, they got some regional presence, went to a Kampala and Dar es Salaam and then formed two independent subsidiaries. That is in the 50s. Yeah, in oh. 60s. 60s. Oh, yeah. wow, interesting. And then uh, in 1996, it's like this had a change of direction or business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they saw the investment from the original business of motor parts, uh, just importing and distributing motor parts. Yeah, you know, and at that time also they were, you know, can General is a holding company. So at yeah. that mm-hmm. time they were also manufacturing gumboots and the mm-hmm. like. So yeah. <laughs> they decided to do away with all that to businesses. Focus, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. And then, yeah, so from there, uh, in 2003, now they ventured into new product lines, mm-hmm. uh, which are two-wheelers, motorbikes, yeah. and three-wheelers, tuk-tuks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, and actually, Dan, just, just before that 2003, mm-hmm. um, just when they, dis- you know, they sold their whole businesses, their whole portfolio of businesses in 1996. Mm-hmm. Okay, when the CEO who's, um, I think his name is Viraj, mm-hmm. who's currently the CEO, when he came in, he's been there since ni- 1996, mm-hmm. you know, long-term <laughs> uh, CEO, he yeah. understands the, the market and the company well. So at that point, when they did that, they went into the the vehicle space now. Mm-hmm. You know, they used to operate um, the Fiat brand mm-hmm. in Kenya. Mm-hmm. So, and that didn't go very well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there were, you know, it was a strike of losses. Mm-hmm. So in 2003 is when they decided to to venture yeah, into... In, into now two-wheelers uh, and three-wheelers. Yeah. So tuk-tuks and, and motorbikes. Could you, could you be knowing the cost of that shift? Like why they lost the, the dealership for... What's Fiat. Fiat. Actually, yeah, because if even even later, on, like in later years, did they lose it or did they just decide we are not going to move forward with this? Uh, I'm not sure. You should tell us that. <laughs> 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 we might we might invite the CEO here to tell us that. But because we've been seeing that even Porsche, yeah, they they lost the the dealership. Oh. The, okay, they changed. They're not. They don't have a dealership in in Kenya. 
Porsche. So what do you mean they don't have a dealership in Kenya? The company that was operating the dealership. Yeah. So the dealership was revoked. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that, okay. that I don't okay. know if they were bound by contract, which has not tipped, uh-huh. but they're not to renew it. Yes, ah, okay. yeah, I guess because sales were not because luxury cars. When you look at 2020, but Inchcape seems to be doing very well. They operate the BMW models. Actually, you look at this Jaguar. market, the automotive market in Kenya. It's separated into two. Like there's the used cars and and and, and motor vehicles, and then the new ones. Mm-hmm. The new ones account for 15 percent yeah. of the market, mm-hmm. and the rest are 85. Mm-hmm. So now. With this 80 15% you look at Inchcape BMW yeah. you look at Mercedes you look at Range Rover and Jaguar yeah. you look at who Mobius yeah Mercedes is by Cifao group mm-hmm. DTDB DTDB yeah, yeah. DTDB is not the main brand no Cifao owns the DTDB okay brand, learn something there so, yeah so there's that and then now there's now Kinaposha now Mm. And then you also have, you know, you also have the assemble assemblers space, yeah, you know, where you have Isuzu, the yeah, big yeah. players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so. yeah, but I think for Porsche, uh, it was is it Porsche, Porsche, that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I think their numbers are not doing well in terms of the number of units that they were selling. I guess compared to the targets, that's why. There was a time we visited their showroom, Dan. Me. Yeah. Ah, rumors by master been dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, back to Can <laughs> General. Um, so 2013 is when they launched TVS, yeah. uh, their motorcycle assembly plant in Akuru. Um, mm. And then 2017, interestingly, they signed a venture with Cummins uh, to form Cummins CNG Limited. But then the, the thing that is interesting to me is that they acquired a stake in Watu Credit Limited. Um, mm. And this one... Diversification again. Yeah, so for what to credit, they they they, they provide uh, financing, especially asset financing uh, for motor vehicles, tuk-tuks. Like for this product, it's like an it's an MFI, I believe. But uh, you look at their yeah the value propositions. They they talk about financing. Do you know yeah, what? They, they talk about traditional banks. They don't talk about that. But yeah, what to credit? And then if you when I was looking at their numbers, mm-hmm. um, the interesting thing is yeah. the loans that they've provided because they've acquired a stake. Yeah. But also they're providing shareholder loans to what to credit, mm-hmm. and then the loans that they've provided Ooh. is earning 18%. percent. These people are making double so money. Like that. No, is it paying? So they're making is money. Yeah. They're making money number one from lending money by lending money to its Watu. subsidiary yeah. Watu. And then number two, Watu is making money by financing, by financing you know, as yeah. financing. So it's the dividends from Watu yeah. comes back them. here. Yeah. Um, a very good model. You know, as we've just good. said, um Many people, when they look at car in general, they look at it as sellers of TVS. Yes. But then they don't view it as a holding company. Mm-hmm. It is a holding mm-hmm. company. Um, they have operations in all the ESC, the six ESC member states, yes. with the exemption of Burundi. They are in DRC. Uh, no, they're not in DRC yet. Um, they're also in real estate. Yeah. So they have operations in Nigeria. Um, they're looking to expand to Sierra de Leo, Benin, and Togo. Sierra. Sierra de Leon. Oh, that's uh, how it's pronounced. Sierra Leone, you know, because Sierra is, you know, the reason why it's called Sierra Leone is because when the first people, you know, the colonialists and the slave traders were coming in from America yeah. and now this is the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Uh as you, you know, Sierra Leone is in West Africa. Mm-hmm. So as you come into West Africa, the first thing you see um coming now from that side of the Atlantic, mm-hmm. you're going to see a hill sort of mm-hmm. mountain that is shaped like a lion. Mm-hmm. So okay. you know in 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 Greek um Panthera de Panthera Leo. Uh, so lion is 
Leo. Uh. So they called it Sierra Sierra de Leo. Sierra Leone, you know, uh, because of, of of that mountain. You'd be a very Fact good grandfather. Very good grandfather. It's called Sierra Leone. Keegan is talking, we would think Togo he was with Benin. Christopher Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> Exploring. <laughs> Panthora de Leo. <laughs> so they're, they're looking to expand yeah, in yeah. that space. Yeah. So if you look at their portfolio, yeah. there is of course what we What's what the offering in these new markets, in those markets like Sierra Leone and, and, and um, Nigeria? Are they doing real estate or is it automotive? Um, actually, they're they looking to go into the automotive space you know okay. okada is big in nigeria okada, yeah. <laughs> um but actually if what credit is already in sierra leone yeah. and in nigeria yeah. so just looking at their portfolio there is what to credit mm-hmm. um finance which was acquired in 2017 as dan has just mentioned mm-hmm. um then you also have they are also in poultry do you know that yeah they have a poultry <laughs> farm they're selling they have a poultry farm in tanzania yeah and okay. this actually generates a revenue of around um six million us dollars <laughs> annually wow. um they are in real estate as dan has just mentioned yeah. and they do on mega uh on um mega shopping uru highway oh uh, yeah, yeah when yeah. mega is that is when mega i think today is kafo it's kafo so they actually completed uh they did a refurbishment of mega ah. um so they reopened it Cause, uh, cause last year mega was was dead when nakumat left you know yeah, yeah. this is it was because the anchor tenant there yeah. mm. always the anchor the anchor yeah. tenant con- controls the traffic there mm. so you look at the real estate it's mostly commercial and they say that it's fully let sorry right now oh it's fully oh, let yeah. it's fully ah, let excellent java yeah. is also there um you also look at now the it's mostly commercial the real estate portfolio mm-hmm. and it's now of course tenant and renting and it brings in around a revenue of around 3.5 million US dollars um oh, annually no. mm-hmm. um now if you come to what to credit now the financing brings mm-hmm. in around uh, 80 million US dollars mm-hmm. you have now the core business so to speak which yeah. is now um dealership and uh, after sales which brings in an, around 170 million US dollars mm-hmm. annually this is mm-hmm. just um revenue mm-hmm. so now if you look at their brands they have TVS mm-hmm. um which is one of the um leading uh, brands in the motorcycle space yeah. and TVS is of course an indian is also of course an indian right, brand yeah. mm-hmm. um you also have uh, piaggio, piaggio which yeah. is now the tuk tuk mm-hmm. you know doing really well in 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 mombasa the three wheelers mm-hmm. as you've mentioned and you also I have i don't know any other tuk tuk brand there is tvs now that's the interesting bit there yeah. is the tvs tuk tuk yeah. but then if you look at the dealership can in general don't have no, the dealership different. for that okay oh, yeah. it's okay. just the same way as toyota earth movers yeah Um, mm. no Toyota forklifters yeah Toyota forklifters the people who have the dealership for that is kind of general mm-hmm. you know you think Toyota Kenya. it's not Toyota Kenya yeah. you see yeah. Yeah. so they also have generators um mm. which they sell in that space Briggs and have, Stratton ah uh, Briggs and Stratton mm, they also have tractors but tractors haven't been doing very well in in, in that space yeah, you know, you and have for, and for running people, just, New just, Holland just I want to throw shade <laughs> to Eldoret people who have been complaining how is Nakuru getting uh, city status before Eldoret you guys is if you're parking tractors in the streets how are you going to be a city anyway, eldoret has on. an international airport anyway just carry that. on okay <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the reasons why i believe People go clubbing mm-hmm. in, but i think tractors yeah <laughs> like, hey, <girl>. what <laughs> okay but anyway um, eldoret is the next is certainly the next city to get the next town to become a city you know. mm-hmm. it's it's, mm-hmm. it's up in the line now back to kind general yeah um so that's that's how the, the the dealership space is now if you look at 
particularly as 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 Dan mentioned that mm-hmm. in 2003 they went into now the two wheeler sp- space and they actually started this in Uganda mm-hmm. okay so the CEO was narrating a story of how he went to Uganda and you know saw how big the boda boda market is there mm-hmm. and then was like yeah we can do this here and also do it in 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 Kenya, in Kenya. Mm-hmm. and now you know the, when kind general started out the boda boda business yeah one of their their market was fast concentrated a lot of the of, of, of the demand was coming in from the western region of kenya mm-hmm. and then quickly now it started coming to this part you know yeah. that's that's why it's even called boda boda mm-hmm. because that's where it got its name you told us story kid in busia in in busia in malaba i haven't had that story you haven't had the story yeah. so in busia and malaba people were crossing the border a lot mm-hmm. using piki piki motorcycles so that's why it's called it's border to border that's why it's called border border mm, yeah. so, so because vehicles were different <laughs> I have it was difficult things, to use yeah. Yeah. yeah so now that's when it started but then mm. of course it, the motorcycles have grown and now the their market has grown largely you know into all parts of the country mm. not just in the western part of the region yeah. if you look at TVS TVS is one of course one of the leading brands in Kenya yeah. but mm. it's competing really hard with Boxer the ah, Boxer yeah. model mm. which has been doing very well in the market i think it's the leading at the moment yeah. mm-hmm. um if you look at I, i'd understand why kind general bought into the watu credit finance business uh-huh. and this was according to me an excellent choice yeah. and it was the right time to move into that space yeah. because kind general sells roughly an average of 20000 units mm-hmm. units of of, 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 oh, of motorcycles of boda bodas yeah. in yeah. a month Okay they have Sorry, to what? in a month 20000 units in a month they have a market share of around 20%. Damn. So what happens is if you're doing that I mean you should have your own financing model and yeah. Watu has really simplified things so um a couple of my friends actually yeah. bought um piki pikis motorcycles yeah. from Kai in general I think yeah. uh, at the beginning of the year yeah. and they used Watu credit so what mm-hmm. they did is that walked into TVS in uh, industrial area mm-hmm got the bike paid a, f- uh, a, a deposit of 15000 kenya shillings and they remit 200 shillings every day for around 18 months which shows how much they've understood the the border border economy Absolutely. these are people can definitely give you that 200, 200 every day yeah. every day yeah so what to credit it's very difficult Va- what, before, so eh? so i mean that that no, is one risky, thing of course cause it's, it's a risky venture but then you can easily repossess you know that's that's the thing yeah. you you mean, it's it's i don't see i don't see much risk there No, for borders there's like, always risk there's somewhere. Always risk. There instance, is risk. Let me, let I'm me talking give, about let me, let me give you an example. But you have collateral you can repossess your stuff. Yeah, that's but then again, let, let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. For instance, when the governor wakes up one day and says we are banning borders from getting into town. Uh, uh, CBD or we are banning borders from going a place XYZ. Yeah. Uh that effectively uh and immediately like affects the 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 cash flows of this border guy yeah. and if you have a good number of them who've bought it through uh, what to credit asset finance, yeah. or you've asset financed it um that's where the risk is coming in so yeah you will represent the bikes but then at that point because there's the demand for those units yeah. would have reduced at that particular time mm. then even if you've repossessed them you won't but for them because they also have presence in Uganda in other place yeah, i feel Rwanda. like they can move it the risk is okay. and and do you know what Dan? another thing about the border border space is that it's currently not regulated i see they're trying to, to hold forums with with the Even government the to try and and see how they can yeah. streamline things and mm. there is a lot of 
harassment. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, number one, let me state this way. There are some border border operators who blatantly, you know, mm-hmm. disregard traffic rules and the likes, but then that not some. and they need to be <laughs> the, dealt with. The vast majority. Now there is also a huge if you speak to guys in the border border space there is a lot of harassment by the police mm-hmm. and sometimes yeah, yeah. you'd find you know your border border has El been Kanjo. locked at, mm. at the police station for what for i don't know for a month mm. or two months you know and this now starts to bring issues with yeah. the financial mm. so yeah that's that's the risk you're asking what's the risk well, what is would you come, you started by say acknowledging the fact that and i clearly added that it's a vast majority that is rowdy and crooked and all that not rowdy and crooked, they just don't me I'm, my comment was on following traffic <laughs> traffic rules <laughs> yeah because <laughs> i remember the other time you were having but, we, but we you know we also have to acknowledge we also have to acknowledge the impact that boda boda is having number yeah. one in terms of jobs mm. number two in terms of efficiency yeah. easter if you want to move so fast in this yeah. town you can't get past traffic with that car of yours <laughs> I yeah. use I use Boda Boda very And when often. it comes mm. to delivery yeah. this this guy is a fan of pizzas. So when it comes to the de- food delivery <laughs> what happens it's Boda Boda. So yeah. for me I was I was just trying to look at the at the industry outlook of this space yeah. and I was mm. seeing that the Boda Boda space it's gonna grow it yeah. has been growing and it will still grow yeah. mm-hmm. and this is because number one because of the deliveries Mm-hmm. Um in terms of delivering food business and deliveries of products you know yeah. shopping online and everything yeah. that's mm-hmm. one yeah. number two um employment in Kenya you know yeah. they are visibly not more um the formal employment is <laughs> the, the the possibilities of it growing sure. is sure. bleak yeah. so boda boda is an easy entry for yeah. for, for getting a to job, job so that's one part that yeah. would yeah. be would, would, would I'm looking yeah. at that space that's gonna that's gonna grow even more mm. yeah. so but then my my risk with car in general comes in with the fact that there is a risk in terms of global supply chains mm-hmm. okay we saw that with covid last year yeah. so these things are in dealerships okay yeah. the tvs that they are selling has to come from india yeah okay yeah. so you're in you know in the worst case scenario you're just a new covid strain away from being out of business yeah mm. but that's that that that's a risk that almost virtually all businesses face face Um, but then since faced, this is yeah. a dealership mm. so but the risk is more here yeah, yeah it's a because this risk. is this is a risk mm. you know what i'm saying but then so that that always but even with, with covid cargo was moving no but there was was dis- disrupted uh, we even saw that there was shortage of of the bogies of sorry not the bogies of the containers mm. the, uh, what no bogies is is what carries is the train is is the uh, carrier okay. the train okay. where the okay. is being put yeah. now we saw that two, three months ago the shortage so the global supply chains since this is a dealership business sometimes doesn't sit very well with me mm-hmm. okay but then the fact that they have what to credit and it's a portfolio business mm-hmm. is really um, encouraging me yeah encouraging um, you to overlook the risk that lies under the global supply chain exposure <laughs> yeah, no, it, it gives comfort. No, diversification gives me comfort. That the, and the fact they also have a poultry business comfort. and okay. they have and <laughs> and they have real estate. Yeah. Okay. Um so yeah, essentially as you've mentioned, they okay. do have they they they've said that they essentially have four distinct business lines. Mm-hmm. The first one which has been their core and what they're known for is being is automotive and equipment distribution. Yeah. Then uh real estate investment <laughs> which I've mentioned uh so they are the i believe they own how big have they gone into that um so they do have mega 
on Uhuru Highway yeah. which is substantial. Yeah. Uh, they do have other properties. They're also building a mall, two malls, one we, one is in Mombasa. Yeah. Um yeah and then planning the development uh, in Mombasa and Shanzu. Yeah. Uh, where they've already secured an anchor tenant. Oh, that, that's who is that? that development. Who is that? Uh, they haven't disclosed who the anchor so tenant is. So, while well, they're still in the process of building, they've got an anchor tenant. Yeah, they already have that, an that's anchor tenant. So, so, so Yeah, so they are fully rented across their development properties. So, I think that's good. Um, then poultry, which I don't think many people knew. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> it's called Kibo Poultry in Products Limited. Yeah. Kibo. Mm. It's a motorcycle brand called Kibo. Yeah, there is. <laughs> is there something there? <laughs> no, no relation. It's just name. <laughs> yeah, so Kibo Poultry Products Limited. Yeah. Uh, so that's what the so those are the four main business lines. Mm-hmm. Um, so just commenting on what Keegan said. Uh, interestingly, um, when you look at their outlook, especially in terms of the border border uh, sales and adoption and tuk tuk sale and ad- yeah. uh, and adoption, yeah. the interesting thing is, it's like. I don't know whether this is a how to say this. Anyway, as you said, like right now, Boda Boda is being used as it's a, it's almost like the first source of seeking employment. Mm. Um, it's an easy entry. Yeah, yeah, into getting like your hustle on. Yeah. Um, in in the country, and in a way, it's like when the the more the country is failing at creating Job. jobs and creating formal employment, uh-huh. it's like this is a good signal. <laughs> For, for CNG, yeah, for Kanjan general because <laughs> yeah. it's like now more and more people are like, "Sawa tu fanya nini?" After 15k, yeah. go to yeah. Kanjan general, you get a boda boda. boda boda. Yeah, yeah. boda one level itakuwa. And 15 so, is a subliminal amount of money. Yeah. I mean, uh, people have phones worth 10k. <laughs> yeah, and, the, and they'll be able to finance that Easily. for you. And I yeah. think, I think my highlight in this conversation is the fact that Dan mentioned that the group mm-hmm. now. In general, lends money to its subsidiary at eighteen percent. Yeah, 18%. yeah. <laughs> you no, know, this is business. This is this, <laughs> this is business. This is brilliant. Tell yeah. me. Yeah, it's very very good. Um, that's good. Like, um, now Dan, interest that you're receiving. Looking at the at the you know currently the conversations that we've been having about the automotive sector is about EV. Okay, mm-hmm. electric vehicles. Yeah. Now I'm looking at now what's the outlook for car in general? Now, okay, exempt the border border for this. Let's move into even border border. Yeah. Even border border. Yeah, definitely. We have electric bikes coming into the market. They are actually yeah. in the market. Yeah. So I'm mm. looking at, but then you know it's not car in general that makes that border border. That yeah. border border is made in by TVS in India. Yeah. Now I'm looking also at the three wheeler Piaggio, yeah. yeah. and we saw that in the three wheeler space. We already have people who've made moves about EV in Kenya. Mm-hmm. Sandy the other day um launched yeah, I think it must have been in, in June July of this yeah, year. Yeah. They launched um electric tuk-tuks. Uh-huh. So I think they're doing a partnership with a company that is that is helping them on that front. Mm-hmm. So currently um Sandy is using EV uh, tuk tuks. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at I'm expecting I'm really expectant to see kind general move into into that space. Yeah. Um that's yeah. interesting. They should. There's EV borders in Kenya. Yeah. Electric Mot- border borders. Border. Yes, they are. Mm. Not border motorcycles. Motorcycles. Yeah. Border. I don't know if they are being used for border border at the yeah, moment. Like we can use motorcycles and border yeah. interchangeably. This I was think. actually yeah, we can use this <laughs> was actually reported by um a friend of mine from KTN Business Desk. Shout mm. out to Brian Jojo Tieno. Mm-hmm. Um reported on electric um, motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Um so we now have electric motorcycles. We yeah. also have 
tuk tuk star electric tuk tuks so mm-hmm. I'm, i'm really expectant to see kind general take that off yeah. Yeah. yeah okay you know i was looking at the sales the, the, the financials now mm-hmm. and these guys the despite covid the sales the revenue is increased, revenue is increased. Mm-hmm. and so did the cost of sales improved marginally yeah. gross of sale gross gross profits was uh-huh. still um, ah. grew yeah mm-hmm. still grew. so but then now that you've mentioned that it's not just automotive could this be I would like to know the breakdown. How ah. much did it did the automotive? Because maybe the automotive maybe is being might shadowed be like by the poultry. Re- you know, <laughs> <laughs> the poultry made losses actually. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's a bad joke. Um, Now you can't be doing eating chicken. I, I, I was looking at their at their share price. Um, yeah. I think on Friday the third, it must must have closed at around thirty one point nine five Kenya shillings, and. You know, just looking at how it's been playing out, and this year there has been some money which has been made. Mm. Um, I think at around May this year, yeah. the share price was at around 20 Kenya shillings. Yeah. It rose to around um, 36, 30, 30 something, around 36, 30 shillings. Yeah, 16 shillings. Whoa. Yeah, in around uh, August, September. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, That's there so has funny. been money that has been made in that space. Yeah. Um, their and their financial year normally ends in march mm. uh so we'll be expecting the annual results in march uh of 2022 mm. i think there will be some money to be made at that at that point mm-hmm. uh because you know they'll obviously be reporting a growth so yeah the investors short-term investors what were day trading which is launched mm-hmm. check that out when it comes when you're, when, when you're talking to the traders and you're talking about next year much <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm, I'm that that kind of we're not that far we're in december you're actually in december so it's just what two three months away mm-hmm. yeah so that's 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 something to check out i'm yeah. i'm interested to know about their dividends policy the dividend policy um i don't know whether they do have a policy policy but i think they they, they, like they, they give out dividends where they feel like they pay, they 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 paid uh dividends was it 0.8 yeah it was some uh, money 0.8 shillings uh-huh. per share okay. the dividend yield comes to around 2% 2.6% which not is not very exciting which is they are very low but i feel like there's a lot of potential in their in what's it called um there's a lot of potential in capital gains uh-huh, uh, because yeah. i feel real estate uh no the share share price. Oh, okay. Uh, like okay. you might not collect a lot from dividends, the dividends, yeah, but, uh, but will, you might exit at, at at a very good position. Yeah, 50% Be- yeah because uh, if you to look at year to date, yeah. they are up of oh, 59%. Uh the share price is up 59%. Oh, that's uh cool. the thing with can uh, general, I think it's very thinly tra- uh, traded. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's no there's yeah. not a lot of traction there. Yeah, but 59% uh, growth in a year is not bad considering that the imp- their earnings actually improved uh, in the covid environment uh-huh. i think with the, the how they are working to diversify mm-hmm. um, i'm very excited at what to credit yeah. mm-hmm. uh, although they do they only own 29% mm-hmm. but this is an increase because they were at 26% then uh-huh. they bought an extra 3% mm-hmm. so they're definitely go um, they'll definitely increase their their ownership yeah, so yeah. it has it has significant growth yeah. uh, pros- prospects yeah. um, and then as we said because uh, as a nation we are not creating enough formal employment yeah. and the private sector the government is kind of choking or uh, yeah, crowding out crowding out mm, uh, the private, private sector, sector. Yeah. so the border business i think remains to have a positive uh, outlook yeah. uh, going forward um we don't know about the poultry so much yeah. the real estate uh, 
they think they're targeting to get yields of around 8% and uh, i hope they remain commercial the yeah, real estate i i hope they don't venture into residential yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's commercial i think right now they are playing at around 6% knowing nairobi rental yields it's around i'm thinking 6 to 7% they're ah. saying they're targeting to go to 8% i don't know whether they will hit that maybe mm. in chanzu mm-hmm. once it's 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 operational maybe they would be able to get that yeah definitely um That's assuming they get on the 100% occupancy. But they already have an anchor tenant. They have an anchor. So um so at, as it stands, mean, <laughs> no, if you have an anchor tenant, uh, for example, There's a traffic big supermarket coming, um, chain, but, yeah. then that definitely means that as it stands you are looking at 70 plus if you already have an anchor tenant. Yeah, so we just hope that their business case right is together. I get that. I get that because I get that it's an estimate because look sense. at this. Okay, okay. If I you have Kafo there, you definitely sense. have the kind yeah. of Java, yeah. you know, Simbisa brands pulling up. Yeah. 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 So cool. that's the the idea so the for the real estate they're pushing towards 8% uh, yield. I don't know yeah. whether they'll be able to hit that. Um but then that current dividend yield at 2.3% is low. Mm. For me, I think people who listen by now know that i'm keen on a dividend <laughs> you're a dividend, dividend guy, guy. <laughs> yeah, i'm a dividend guy um so 2.3% but for this one i think i might consider buying it uh, mm. just because i think the potential uplift is good i think as a business they seem to be quite strong and yeah. um i'm liking the outlook i think the space that they are in in the tuktuk business yeah and and, and in the tuktuk business that's they have 60% of the market share mm. so yeah that's for me i would say buy Mm-hmm. I would buy. Uh looks quite interesting. I wouldn't expect much from dividends but I think the share price would grow mm-hmm. uh, considerably. Mm-hmm. Um for me um buy that thing. Um <laughs> buy the thing. <laughs> buy the thing. Um I'm excited because of what to credit. Um this is you know having your own in-house financing model for your products is is a really brilliant idea so that's good. Give it to them. Um also by for the reason that the expansion that we are going to see in in Sierra Leone in uh, Togo and Benin um what to credit is already in Sierra Leone it is in Nigeria so because of that outlook buy it i think the share price is going to go up yeah and mm. if you also the, uh, one one just final like to add to that their earnings growth over the past five years yeah. um average is at an annual growth of 39.4 Uh, percent uh-huh. which is quite good so i think if they continue like that um i'm liking it and there were a lot the of there were a lot four years. five years five um years. let me just mention that there were a lot of questions on why i was conflicted mm-hmm. on last week's talk of the week that is jubilee holdings mm-hmm. well today i'm not conflicted i'm <laughs> saying bye <laughs> yeah uh, so uh, before i s- give my recommendation i think i should have talked about the prospects in the future in for this industry yeah it's a promising industry mm-hmm. um we saw in the 2021 2022 budget policy statement the government was talking of having of banning um importation of used cars from 2026 onwards yeah it's a very good prospect yeah. for this mm-hmm. and then also yeah i think we can go with that oh and taxes this is a very tax favored um carry favored um so what industry yeah if you're as locally assembling your your automotives yeah uh you're exempt from there's an exemption on excise duty yeah which which kind generally is doing they have an assembly plant in in nakuru import yeah. duty yeah. for for those things yeah. import duty and, and a few other th- so it's it's a it's it's a sector that the government is looking at really being in good terms and favoring it looking attractive in terms yeah, because uh, of the jobs it creates yeah, yeah. yeah sure mm-hmm. uh so definitely again bye i think the first time we are 
giving the same. <laughs> we are all we are yeah. all <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah. bye bye for me yeah. bye so as we finish up uh thank you guys for listening um thank you for taking the time to listen through to the end um yeah um last week i remember jokingly we mentioned that if you've listened you've been listening you should <laughs> hit us up for Your for soda people. for soda and uh, at at your girl comfy <laughs> actually took us shout up out, on that shout yeah. out to that amazing lady yeah, yeah. um so she got a uh, phantom adiaba warm oh uh, you so actually sent the money yeah wow ah, okay Okay. So you're keeping <laughs> your word. Yeah. Man, but but word. when it comes to dividends you don't keep your word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it doesn't issue any dividends. Yeah. <laughs> so again if you've listened to this point, yeah. There's a soda warm utatuma pay bill till number. Now you know this time there will be like 100 people. Let's see. We've put it at okay. the end. Let's see yeah. whether people came in. We will actually right. send a pay bill. I'm I'm, go- I'm also going to send Dan. I'm also going to send. Sawa. So, I did not talk. <laughs> anyway yeah. guys it's been yeah. real thank you so much for supporting us this is our second last episode for the oh, year okay. you've been with us since august of this year when we started in episode one this is episode 16 we are indebted to your listenership follow us on twitter at market map underscore ke at link on linkedin kenya's market map like our content follow it share subscribe thank you until next time it's Ciao. nothing personal It's just business. It's just business. It's just business. I've been your co-host for today, Easter Funding. Oh, what do you mean? One and only, <laughs> Kigen Kiplimo. Yeah. <laughs> and today I haven't brought the jacket. You've complained. I've heard you. <laughs> He's just hang it on the chair. Literally. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's um, me, Daniel Kalia. Uh, do have a lovely week. Thanks. <laughs>